Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> oh, God. I hate saying hi on these things. It's the hardest part. It's the hardest part. Oh, I'm going to sneeze. Wizard Files. Thank you for joining me for another episode of The Wizard Files. I'm so excited to have you here. Today's episode, we're going to talk about perfectionism. Perfection. <laughs> Ready. Perfectionism. Perfectionism. <laughs> Promise. <laughs> I love listening to the intro music as a way to warm up for these podcasts. So I'm sitting here with my headphones on, snapping along, thinking, wow, my snaps sound great. And then I realize I can't hear my snaps at all. That's the music. <laughs> womp womp. <sighs> all right. <laughs> Today, I want to talk to you about a topic that's near and dear to my heart, perfectionism. It wasn't until very recently that the idea was even floated that maybe perfect as a goal was not helpful. And it was even more recently that I had the realization that shook my understanding of perfectionism to the core. Because when I was a kid, and by kid I mostly mean teenager, I thought perfectionism was an admirable trait. I thought it was something to strive for, because obviously you want your stuff to be perfect. Obviously you want to keep poking and prodding until something is right, right? Perfectionism is a sneaky little shit because it's taking your desire to be awesome. It's taking your desire to do that thing that your heart wants and it's turning it against you to keep you safe. So let's unpack that a little bit. You and most other humans have a fear response that is triggered by your amygdala in your brain. You may have heard this referred to as the lizard brain or as your fight flight freeze response. Now this triggers in real threat situations like being chased by a lion. It also triggers in situations that feel just as threatening due to a past trauma. Your amygdala responds to the unknown because the threat could be hiding there. This is a time for high alert. Your amygdala looks around and it says, I don't know where the fuck we are, but we are not going over there. Now, let's say you've been wanting to write a book. You're not in mortal danger when you decide you're going to write a book. And you've been writing for a while, and your gut says it's time. It's time to write that book. So, you guessed it. <laughs> You're venturing out into the unknown. And as we've evolved, the unknown as a threat has remained the same. So now, threats include writing your first book. Some part of you knows that you're not in mortal danger when you decide you're going to write the book. So here we are, in the unknown. Your amygdala is freaking out. And another part of your brain is saying, I'm not in danger. So your fear response has some seriously complicated work to do here. It needs to convince you that you are in mortal danger when you put your fingers on the keyboard. This is where trickster level genius happens. Your fear response looks around and says, don't go in there. It won't be good enough. You're going to look like a fool. Perfectionism has landed. Because in this space, logic will lose. Your fear can keep saying, it won't be good enough, you're going to look like a fool, every single step along the way. Every edit, every improvement, and you do it all in the name of perfection. This was my first introduction to the idea that maybe perfectionism was holding me back. It was keeping me from releasing the thing, from posting the stuff, and from learning the learnings. This is where the popular concept, done is better than perfect, often comes in really handy. Get the thing out the door, because getting it out there is better than not. But we can actually take this to another level that destroys perfectionism completely. 
So when we say done is better than perfect, we are implying that done and perfect are both equally measurable. Most of us can agree on when something is considered done. It's been released, it's been mailed, it's been printed, it's been handed over to a recipient. But how do you measure perfect? How did you measure perfect 10 years ago? How will you measure perfect 10 years from now? Is your neighbor's definition of perfect different than yours or your family's? Have you ever made something that you were really excited about and then you came across that same thing a few years later and you looked at it and you couldn't remember why it was so exciting to you? (laughs) I may have done this all my life. Or the reverse can happen where you make something that you thought was okay and then you find it many years later and it seems magical. Or you find something in a store that you don't really like You have a lot of complaints about it and how it's made. And your friend walks up and says, oh my God, that's amazing. That's exactly what I've been looking for. Perfect is relative. It's relative to the person. It's relative to the time. Perfect does not exist as a measurable, achievable state. I'm just going to say that again. Perfect is relative. It does not exist as a measurable, achievable state. And when perfectionism is trying to keep you from looking like a fool Who are you worried about? You aren't worried about yourself. You're worried about how other people will see you. And you have no idea what they consider perfect. The other day, a friend of mine was tweeting her frustration at creating homemade Yule cards. She was frustrated because there was no way she could achieve the same look that printed cards in the store had. She felt like it was an impossible standard to live up to. This blew my mind. Because when I create something like a card, I'm comparing to what's inside my head. I'm comparing to what I think I could create versus what I really actually can create. It never occurred to me to compare my creation to store printed cards. These comparisons are worlds apart. Neither one is right or wrong, but her experience of perfect is wrapped in mass production and mine is wrapped in fantasy. Both cases are impossible. Both are 100% relative. And I know her cards will be amazing because I've seen how she paints and it's amazing. Okay, so hopefully this blows up your concept of perfection enough to allow letting it go. But I want to put one more thing out there. In a lot of new age personal development, people, memes, social media talk about how you are already perfect. Now I understand what this is trying to do. It's trying to create a space where you feel complete, where you feel complete exactly how you are right now. This can be really hard to take in. And if you've ever felt that, you are not alone. Your brain starts to argue. You imagine how you know something about you that they don't know. That, of course, you don't feel perfect. And then you start to feel shame. Because you feel like if they knew, then of course they wouldn't be calling you perfect. So here's what I want you to know as I close out today's episode. Perfection is relative. And if someone tells you that you are perfect just the way you are, know that what they're really saying is that they appreciate you that they love that you're here, that you are a wonderful human being in their life, that you are perfect to them, and that you matter. Thank you for joining me here today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate it on iTunes, or if you have feedback, I'd love to hear from you. If you know someone who would appreciate this content, I would love for you to send it to them. Your daughter's approval is five stars. Thank you for joining me today for The Wizard Files. If you'd like to connect with me online, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sonia the Gray. That's S-O-N-J-A-T-H-E-G-R-E-Y. 
If you have any questions or a topic idea for the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can send an email to sonya at sonyathegray.com. That's S-O-N-J-A at S-O-N-J-A-T-H-E-G-R-E-Y.com. Until next time. I could rock out to this music all day. This might be my favorite part of the podcast.